Welcome to All Things Alt Tech, where we talk about the emerging digital ecosystem and how the online world is changing by the week. If you want to hear about next generation platforms and browsers, get the latest on privacy and online free speech issues, or just general banter on the creepy online media industry, this one's for you. So strap in, grab a drink, sit back and enjoy. If you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's N-Y-M-A-N dot media slash podcast. If you want to ask a question or submit a story, email me at podcast at nyman.media. Welcome to the podcast. Today is September 10th, 2019. And today we're going to talk about the Google antitrust case that's now hitting the headlines. Um, so basically, Google, along with Facebook, uh, is now going to be subject of an antitrust probe. And I would say it's about time. Now, basically, they are accused of, well, dominating all aspects of advertising on the Internet, effectively, and, and search on the Internet in particular. And that is absolutely true. And in fact, it's worse than that because, you know, they dominate mobile advertising. They dominate display advertising. You could even argue or even argue that they disp- that they uh, dominate small business analytics, uh, email, even to some degree file storage. So Google should be a number of companies. It should not be just one behemoth of a company. Now, it's no secret that Google are basically very anti-competitive. Now, just one obvious example of this is is how they behave with their with their shopping listings. Now, as you might recall, that up until a few years ago, uh, Google kind of indexed their search results quite fairly, I would argue, and they kind of showed them showed um, them in in a much more organic fashion than they do now. So, with these shopping listings, which is basically these results that you see at the very top of the of the search results, and an image of a product, some pricing information, and so forth. Um, now, this was these results were great both for for shoppers and and for merchants alike. I mean, as a shopper, you would easily find the best deals on the product that you were looking for, and as a merchant, well, you were found. So. Um, it was not so great for other shopping comparison engines, though, and they kind of struggled to maintain their traffic when Google really started ramping up their their shopping listings. And and throughout this process, many of these competing shopping comparison engines, well, they died. Um. So so then when when Google had been running the, the these shopping listings for a number of years. Um, and when shoppers and, and merchants had got, kind of gotten accustomed to this this dynamic, um, Google kind of just decided to pull the rug underneath from everyone and decided that from now on, shopping results are going to be paid only. The shopping listings, you had to pay to have them appear. Well, so what this meant was basically, well, suddenly, as a user, you didn't necessarily get the get to see the best deals at all, the best prices for the products you were looking for. Um, and businesses, I mean, you couldn't necessarily pay to appear in the search results, or you just wouldn't, and you lost your visibility. Um, and so competitors to Google, I mean, such as these outright comparison platforms like Kelku um, and so forth, they were obviously nowhere really to be seen here. And so Google kind of dictated the success and, and failure of businesses in a sense. Um, and also what you what you found in the, over the past couple of years, past few years really, with these shopping listings is that um, Google kind of sh- shows shopping results regardless of how well they actually match a query. Because, you know, <laughs> it's less and less about search search relevance and more and more about let's make money for Google. 
Um, and it's becoming apparent more and more so that they care less about relevance and more about monetizing their searches. And in fact, you'll notice uh, using Google on, on mobile devices in particular uh, is that you don't, you don't even see many organic results on, these, on the initial search results screen, sort of above the fold of the page, so to speak. On, on a mobile device or on a, on a tablet device, you might only see paid results. Um, so it, it, it is more so about monetization, more and more so. Um, and actually, speaking of these shopping listings, you might actually remember that Google did have a shopping product in the past. Uh, it was called Frugal, pretty cool name. Um, but it didn't give, give anybody any kind of preferential treatment. Um, and, and as a result, I mean, it, it didn't really do all that well. So it, it was an organic product. It just kind of trawled uh, data from, from across the web and, and showcased products um, and pricing information and so forth. And it was, as far as I understand, it's purely organic. Uh, anyway, so I guess for this reason, this product didn't do too well and it was discontinued. Um, or as Google will put it, it was sunset. It's funny how they have their own kind of cute language around, around everything. Now, I can actually share my own little anecdote from, um, from back when I was working at Google that kind of, I think, on some micro format, uh, exemplifies Google's attitude and ethics a little bit. I mean, back in the day when, uh, ben, when I used to work, work on clients such as, you know, the group buying clients like Groupon and Living Social and those. those. And back then, these were growing like crazy, and I was looking after these clients, meaning I was basically helping them, well, devise strategies utilizing Google's suite of, of products and solutions. Um, and so seeing all of this, this growth in this space, Google also themselves started looking at developing their own group buying product or solution. And as it so happened, someone in my team was actually in charge of doing the groundwork, the research for, for this product. So I was looking after um, businesses um, that advertised with Google to promote their group buying business. And Google was also looking to create their own product, their own group buying product. Um, and so the folks who were working on this over at Google's end, they started out by analyzing the ad accounts of, of the clients that were already running with me. So, and obviously an ad account contains a lot of good stuff. It contains cost information, <clears throat> often revenue information, obviously information about user growth and so forth. And so Google, they were looking to use this information to create their own, own product. Now, imagine, let's, let's take a bit of a tangential ex uh, example here. Imagine, or an anecdote, imagine that you're a bank and, and your clients are, let's say, home builders. Now, you, the bank, you go out and pull a bank statement um, and, and analyze your client's expenditure in minute detail and, and try to understand, well, what are the costs and the trends and opportunities and the challenges that your clients face as home builders? Um, and you try and kind of maybe even de devise their strategies. And then you use all this information to try and start your own little home building business. I mean, that might not be illegal, but if you ask me, it's certainly grossly unethical. And, and also, I mean, getting back to the, whole, the Google uh, story here, when you sign up to use Google Ads products, as far as I understand it, you don't explicitly say that uh, you agree that your data can be used um, so that Bo Google can build a business case for their own products. So 
what's, I guess, kind of annoying here is that um, in the meantime, Google kind of pretends to hold some kind of moral high ground in their own practices. I mean, um, if you as a client want to get data on your competition or any trends in the market, the data that Google gives out is usually heavily indexed and redacted because they supposedly care so much about about you know privacy and and so forth. So it, it's 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 a weird situation really, where where there's kind of one set of principles for Google's clients and another set of principles uh, for their own practices. Now, getting back to this Google antitrust case, though, I mean, I think it's it's part of a larger or at least just as large of a problem, and uh, and that is kind of Google's way of generating content and servicing its users. So I'll explain what I mean here a little bit. So, I mean, Google, uh, especially the search engine business, I mean, they don't have any proprietary content. What they do is they, they trawl the, the internet for content, they index it, and then they serve it to users who come to use uh, Google searching for, for information. Now, I mean, that's not a problem on its own, um, at least not if it's done in the way that, say, say for example, a phone book would source information, uh, collect it, and display it for, for user. That user. That's fine, if you ask me. But, and also, I mean, in the past, Google kind of, if you look at how they ran their business, how they optimized their, their business, um, it is said that they kind of optimized their search performance based on how little time was spent on on the site because you know the faster somebody leaves the Google search results page the faster they probably found what they were looking for um, so this is kind of runs runs counter to how any other any other business would would run a website because you want to kind of you want the users to stay with you you want the users to be sticky you want you want time on site and you want low bounce rates and so forth but um, but over the past years, over at Google, it seems that you know they have started to display more and more content sort of on their own property. So for, for example, I mean, if you look for anything from weather to song lyrics to news content, I mean, you name it, the content is, is going to be displayed on the actual search results page. So you don't, you don't even have a, a reason to go beyond Google anymore. And of course, I mean, this is at the expense of content creators. I mean, the content creators, they get no visitors. They get no visitors. They get no ad revenue. They, get, they don't even get any credit sometimes. Google takes everything. And, and the same is true also if you look over, over at YouTube. I mean, you create the content, not Google. Um, Google just kind of acts, acts to, to charge a toll for, for you to use their roads, so to speak. And on top of that, they, they impose a whole bunch of different policies and so forth on top of it, but that's a whole, whole other matter. Anyway, I think, I mean, getting back to big picture here, dominating an industry um, through, you know, superior service, that's, that's one thing. But if you dominate an industry kind of by taking content from others, that's another thing altogether. And that's kind of, if you ask me, what Google is doing more and more of. And, and so I think clearly something needs to be done here because Google has gotten far too large, their, their principles have gotten very, very shady, and, and there's definitely time for action. And so, so what is that action? Well, I mean, if you look at um, the legislation that exists in the U.S., there is the, uh, the Sherman Antitrust Act. I mean, this goes back all the way to eight, the 1890s, basically. It's old stuff. And I'm not going to bore you with all that much much detail, but basically this gives the government the power to break up companies. Uh, 
um, and it deals with sort of violation of antitrust as it pertains to, you know, monopolization. Now, this whole approach, of course, has been criticized by a lot of people, especially by you know, the libertarian crowd and even more so by the outright you know, anarcho-capitalist um, crowd because supposedly intervening in the markets is anti-capitalist. If you ask me, it's, it's, the, it's kind of the opposite because you know, monopolies, what, do, what they do is they, they prevent true capitalism. They stifle innovation, they distort prices, they keep prices above market rate, they hinder competition, and so on and so on. So it's kind of funny how libertarians are always worried about you know, tyrannical government, but they're never worried about tyrannical businesses, which there are many, many, many examples of. Anyway, I guess... Um, the trouble really is how do you even break up a company? It's it's much harder, uh, much harder to do than you'd imagine, and uh, and and for for tech in particular, it's very hard because I mean, what what are they going to do? Split the search index in half? I mean, this will be a very very messy process, um, and 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 this is the reason why monopolies probably tech monopolies in particular need to be nipped in the bud. You need to intervene early because you know, it might already be too late. It, it might already be only up to the consumer to help turn the tide here. Um, so on that note, I mean, what, what can you do as, as a consumer to help sort of loosen up the marketplace here? I mean, I might have meant this, mentioned this before, but you could try out another search engine. You can try out duckduckgo.com, which is a search engine pretty much without tracking. And it, it works very, very well, in fact. If you want an alternative also to, to say uh, the social networks out there, you might want to try minds.com. Um, if you want an alternative to Gmail, there's protonmail.com, which is encrypted and it is free as well. Um, so there are alternatives out there, a whole bunch of alternatives um, when it comes to search, when it comes to social, when it comes to video hosting, and so forth. It's just a matter of, of uh, getting comfortable with other products. And it is possible because I've, I've tried it. So I would suggest, you know, try a few of these um, alternative solutions uh, out and, and let me know how you, how you fare. You can e email me also at podcast at nyman.media. That's going to do it for this, uh, this episode. So I'll talk to you again next week. Mm -hmm.